We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage My IQ. I'm your host, D-Big. Joining with me today is number 14th ranked Bantamweight contender, Kyler The Matrix Phillips, who is 9-1 overall and 3-0 in the UFC. How's it going, Kyler? You already know it's good. Let's get to business. I'm just kidding. What's up, bro? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. As everybody knows, in July, he will be fighting number uh, 11 ranked uh, Raphael Asuncao in UFC. Uh, how are you getting ready for this fight coming up? Are you excited? More than excited, man. I feel alive. I feel like I'm in the right. To, like everything's just working out the way it's supposed to. Like I'm doing my part, my team's doing their part. And just, you know, the way it starts aligning and stuff. And, you know, whatever happens and comes away, it's. I've been able to like uh, really perform well, but right now, and I feel like it's my time and things that are coming. I just, uh, I'm just taking what's mine. You know what I mean? And um, I'm, st- I'm stepping into my shoes and becoming a man and having a fun time with it. And I love what I do right now. And I can't wait for July 24th. I'm going to take that dude out. Yep. Yep. I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to move into the top 10, but that's another story for another day. Well, the first question I have for you uh, right now is, how's growing up in California? Uh, man, SoCal is a great place for, uh, I mean, it's, it's a mecca of like a jiu-jitsu. There's a lot of good training gyms and stuff. So growing up there has been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of versatility in like every type of, of uh, martial art and as well as, as fighting and stuff and wrestling, jiu-jitsu. So uh, I have the best parents in the world, you know, and um, my dad has been lucky to have parents that have put me in the right things, but also have given me room to grow and, uh, you know, spent their their time and presence with me. So I've been able to kind of like get a leap start on, uh, on some things, you know, and uh, it's just been fun. It's just, it's been a freaking hell of a ride and uh, I'm just having a blast. I can't even really explain <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of your dad uh i read what what made your dad enlist you in the gracie academy at the age of three and what did you learn from the experience yeah so of course you don't really remember too much i get like glimpses here and there of like uh doing r bars from mouth and stuff like that but uh it was because we were living in torrance at the time and my oh, yeah. dad you know he's doing martial arts his whole life living around the world and you know, he knew that jiu-jitsu was the shit, and he saw that he knew that uh, what a horse was doing in the UFC was, was, you know, effective. So, like, back in the day, he's like, I knew to put my son in that. We were living in Torrance right there where the Gracie Academy was. So he went there with me, and he started getting into it. I was getting into it. It wasn't, like, serious or anything when I was a kid, but uh, just being around the environment has been super healthy for exponential growth and uh there's not a lot of fighters 
that have been around that there are some but at that that age and um just since then you know the first probably like the first time i really enjoyed and felt that that feeling was when i was like in the third grade i was uh i was in the third grade there's some kid kid picking on me in the jumper and i was crying i came to my dad and he was like in the eighth grade the guy was like freaking towered above me way older than me and I was crying. My dad's like, why don't you just, you know, ankle pick him, go to mount, slap him when he turns into his back with the choking. And I was like, okay. So I went and did it. I went up to the kid, took him down, went to mount, slapped him, he turned his face. I put the choke, but I was like crying. And I was like, there's this little kid on this big dude. I was squeezing, squeezing. And then he just started snoring and he just went out. And, he was, and like, so my dad's like, yeah, let go, let go, let go. And I get off and like, man, I don't know. It just, it was like an empowering like, I don't want to be, like, it wasn't, like, it was that bully feeling, but it was empowering to, like, stand up to my fears, kind of, or something that was trying to push me. I kind of, like, came back and used my freaking martial arts, you know? And, like, ever since then, it was, like, my dad would always make me compete against random people at parks or do jujitsu competition or, you know, he was teaching at the time in our garage, so we'd always have kids come over and on the mats because we have mats and, uh, I was just training bigger dudes, adults, football players, you know, we throw the gloves on, we do all types of stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of like unorganized, but all the time, every weekend, it was my decision whether I wanted to win or lose, but I was in the environment that helped me to grow. So by the time I got to that age, around 12 years old, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It wasn't my dad's choice, it was mine. And so, you know, you see that a lot in sports, especially martial arts, but you see parents really push their kid. They want them to be the best, but it's kind of the parent's dream. I feel like it's important to be there and put them in the environment, but let them decide and give them that space to grow. And so, um, yeah, now I'm chasing after those same exact goals, UFC champion, since I was 12 years old, you know, 20 years later. I mean, six yeah, and okay. yeah, and in essence, uh, knowing what you know now, it was a great move by him, and you're using by what you learned from that now, uh, training, and then what you've learned. So uh, you can just thank him now for uh, what he did. Yeah, man, and you know, martial arts, man, I teach as well. You know, it's not just martial arts; it's boxing, wrestling, you know, kickboxing, whatever you put your kids into. Man, martial arts is the best thing to do for your kids. You put those kids in there and you give them some real confidence, some real self-confidence that they can actually stand up for themselves. You know, they're not just going in. I mean, I respect all sports, but they're not just chasing a ball around. They're actually learning how to defend themselves and stuff like that. So it translates over into the other areas of their life, no matter if they stick with it or, or not. Here's a question that, that I have for you. Like I've, I've learned about it a little bit, but a lot of viewers might not know about it. Explain exactly what pancreation is uh, to the viewers who might not know about it. Cause I've learned, uh, yeah. cause I've read that you, that you trained it a little bit. Yeah. So I did a couple of pancreation tournament. I actually had a pancreation tournament when I was 12 years old and it's, you can't punch to the face, but you can open palm and you can kick to the head. You can knee to the body kick you could take them down it's like mma but open palm to the face and my first one i went against this kid who was bigger than me and i took him down mounted him put him on a triangle finished him and i think i had another match that day and i won so that felt really good 
but yeah, the pancreation. I was doing pancreation. I was doing um, uh, geo geo stage hand. But then also, yeah. So my dad would like find different fights for me on the Indian reservation because at the time you couldn't fight, kids couldn't fight, or teenagers couldn't fight uh, without headgear or shin pads. So uh, they had like a saboba and stuff. They had like teens and stuff where you're you're fighting adults and stuff. And like I'd be in there, and uh, it was fun, man. Definitely. When did you uh, start wrestling? At uh, what point did it click to mesh your different art forms into an MMA career? At the right time, man. Um, I was training a lot of jiu-jitsu. What is it? You know, uh, I was training. For, I won the world in jiu-jitsu, a blue belt for in 2012. But I was like training for that when I was in high school, and then that's when I was doing independent studies and my senior year before that I did Greco freestyle and then I wrestled a little bit like club wrestling and then my senior year I wrestled at Temecula Valley they have an awesome program um so I was able to kind of you know go through with what I had the time the limited time and win CIF Southern Section in California the USF champ uh so there's that and just yeah meshing the time that I spent with everything it doesn't matter. I think like as far as whatever you do with your time, you just got to utilize what you use or what you learn, you know, like you can, there's no way you can go back and change things or say, Oh, we want to do this or that, but you can utilize the things that you've learned and use that to become a better version of yourself. Um, and that's that, that mindset that you need to become a champion for sure. How's the developmental years for you as an amateur fighter? It is rough. It's hard. Um, you know, advice for any any fighter I would give out there, or anybody that wants to be a fighter, not just amateur, but young pro when you first turn a pro. Depends on if you have a manager or not. Like I have a good team with me, but you need a team. That's the thing is you need to have people on your back. At first, you know, I dropped out of college, basically got disowned, and like I didn't really have um anybody and i was living in arizona by myself and john crouch took me in and hunchy nico took me in those people changed my life you know I, I got to live at the fighter house and i was just like working at the club security uh when i was 18 and then i was just training and didn't really have anything but a, just a dream and but i knew that i was going somewhere and i just kept pushing through Kept fighting, get more fights, keep training, keep believing in yourself and developing your skill set, you know. And so the that's what I was trying to say, too. It's like a lot of young people tr spend a lot of time with their skill set, which is really important. But you got to believe in yourself, in your skill set. So when you get in there, you got to believe that what you're doing does work and you got to utilize it when you go in there and fight because it's you locked up in a cage versus another man. And it's not like. You can have all the, the right tools in the world, but if you don't know how to use it and you don't trust in your, and believe in yourself, then there's no point in you being in there. It's a fight at the end of the day. And um, so, yeah, back to what I was saying is just when you're by yourself and you think that you're in your head like, oh, I'm doing fighting, you need to do your nutrition, you need to do your uh, sponsorship stuff, T-shirts if you're doing ticket sales, and you're cutting weight, and you're training, you're driving yourself places, plus you probably have to have a side job, you know, you're not going to do well, and you're going to have to win and keep winning. You, once you start losing, you're going to be on the back burner. So the thing is, you have to take it serious, 
and find a team. And if you can't find a team, you need to make some type of team within within your own circle. You know what I mean? And like have somebody that can use your mouth, use your resources that you can and expand and try to get somebody that will help you here or there and speak out and try to like really uh, develop what you need to. Because when you do have a solid team, it makes everything so much easier because all you have to do is focus on fighting. And I feel like that's what you need to do if you want to be at the top of your, of your game. Did your experiences on the Contender Series and the Ultimate Fighter Fury your drive even more to achieve oh. the goal of getting a contract? Like, is that even a question? Yeah, man. Dude, like that time of my life was so crucial to – to me asking myself, dude, I want to do this for the rest. Do I want to be a fight? Like, you know what I mean? You can't be 75%. You can't be 99%. You have to be 100%. That's it. And so any type of losses you take, any type of uh, lessons you're learning, you have to be like, damn, this is, this is it. You know, in that time of my life, on the ultimate fighter, I go in there and I get my, Oh, I won on the Contender Series, yeah. And I got a, a first-round knockout, 45 seconds, 40-some seconds. And, you know, that was, like, my whole life I've been building up to. And I got the knockout, and I didn't get the contract. After that, I was a little bit it's a little bit kind of not disappointed, but, like, just kind of not thankful of the situation that I had. And kind of after that, I was a little bit, like, pessimistic towards just, like, uh, like, uh, whatever, like, and I didn't really want that desire. And it shows. In my next, when I won the Ultimate Fighter, I didn't get beat up. I just, you know, but I lost a close split decision. And it made me question, like, hey, bro, life just smacked me in the face. Like, you want to fucking do this? And that, that time in my life is exactly the hunger inside that is telling me right now. And without that, I wouldn't be the man I'm right now. So... Uh, I'm very happy to have that. Did you get any good uh, advice from Stipe? Uh, yeah, um, he's he has a good team as well. Um, you know, everybody's different. He's he's a busy man, though. That guy's got he's got a busy life, and uh, but I've learned I learned a couple things from him. Uh, what does a typical training week look like for you? And do you feel you still have a lot to learn? Yeah, I just got my black belt in jiu-jitsu, anima, and the keto kai sensei. And I question myself, like, what, what does this mean? Like, what is a sensei? You know, what is a black belt? And I just feel like a white belt, man. I'm re- oh, actually this. I don't. I don't. I feel like a black belt, but as far as experience. But now I'm like, okay, I tie my belt. I'm ready to learn. Let's go. You know what I mean? I'm ready for my first lesson. That's how I feel. And... Every day is just a new lesson, whether it's on the mats, whether it's off the mats. You got to keep your ears, eyes, and your heart and your brain tuned to that. And you got to shut out all the other bullshit that kind of like, you know, that gets in the way. And yeah, man, I feel like a white belt kind of in a sense. Yeah. Uh, this is a question from a buddy of mine. He wanted me to ask you, do you have a favorite cheat meal? Oh yeah, I'll I'll go back to the last question. Yes, um, I just had hot pot, man. Freaking, it's like a, it's like a Asian food. It's kind of like Korean barbecue, but it's in the soup. But I like pho. 
I like Oreos. I like shakes. I like ice cream, man. I'll eat anything. Pizza. Like, I love food, man. I like Mexican candy. I like to be, you know, a chunk dude. But now I'm in camp. So now I'm eating clean and stuff. I like coffee as well. Um, back to my last, the last question was, uh, oh, typical training days. Um, depends on if I'm in camp or not. When I'm out of camp, it's more lear- learning and trying to grow at some things. And you can kind of uh, take more time at stuff. And then once you get to camp, you're more dialed in. Everything's more focused in the eye of the storm, you know, and that's when you get, you get really, uh, you get, not quiet, but you get very, very uh, ready to go. And training days are just like wake up and and do what I have to do to be the matrix. That's all. This is all I do. You know. And what are some of your hobbies outside of MMA to keep yourself fresh so you don't burn yourself out? Eat, sleep, drink, fight. That's it. I only do that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I do all type of stuff, dude. I play piano i'm moving right now but uh i got a slack line. oh i have my my bow so i like to shoot my bow uh it's pretty fun i want to shoot it more i just left the pool i like to swim a lot i like doing flips and stuff i have a gaming pc i'm gonna get on that more play some games i like to hang out with my brothers and stuff my little brother cam shout out to him he's 14 years old he's gonna have a kickboxing fight while oh, nice. uh, in july as well so he's gonna be in camp with me basically so I'll have my UFC fight, and he's got his kickboxing fight. He lives in California, but he's going to be staying with me and training with me. So it's basically like my little mini-me, you know? <laughs> How does he feel about doing that? Is he excited? He's excited. He's confident. And we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how, how he does. I'm confident. Uh, that's good. Uh, good luck to him. I hope he has a good experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next I don't question. Name, I haven't got a nickname for him yet, though. <laughs> tell from the lab. I mean, there's a couple, but you know, I'm not the gossip type, man. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really know, dude. There's a lot of different things that have happened. There's a lot of different people that's gone through there. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the UFC that have been through there. I just and talked to uh, Brian a couple of weeks ago, Brian Barberina. Yeah, I saw that. That actually inspired me to. Because I looked at your guys' page and I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. I'm like, okay, I saw him. I'm, like, I'm going to do this. He's a cool yeah, he, dude. He, he's a farmer. Yeah, he was great. Did you hear about uh, about what happened to him and stuff? Yes, I heard what happened to him. And he, he talked about it on, uh, before. Now he's got a fight book, right? Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but he had nothing but great things to say about the lab, even though he's – now on the East Coast, all he said was nice things about all you guys. Yeah, yeah, he's homegrown. He's with us, and um, it's 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 guys like that. The lab that you see, you got Ben Henderson. I got a UFC ex UFC champion by my side, leading, telling you things and how it's going to get harder and things, this and that, and they keep it real with you as well. So it's not just, it's not like people like patting you on the back if if you're messing around, people will let you know. And, uh, but if you need a helping hand, they will be there for you. And that's what the team is about. And that's what at the lab and two knuckle sports as well. Hanchi Nico, I got, um, the best, the best dojo, you know what I mean? It's a village, two knuckle sports. It's in surprise, Arizona. And that's where I practice my martial arts. I don't know if you guys know who Hanchi Nico is. He's him alongside with John Crouch, man, those guys, 
they they're they're, a, they're my superheroes basically. You know what I mean? We're just like a team, like the Justice League or something. And you know, you got Jason House and Andrew too, so we got a nice little little team going there. Uh, do you, do any of you guys hang out outside of the outside of training, or is it mostly just you train together? Yeah, you keep course. everything in the house. Yeah, we're gonna get to lunch next week, and we we hang out outside of the gym, and we're it's like true friends. There's only a couple of people I can put as my friends, like real friends. I got a lot of acquaintances. I got people that I can call friends, but I'm not talking about real friends. Yeah, and you know. John Crouch and Hachinico are, are the top dudes in that. Uh, have you have you ever uh, been able to uh, be in somebody's corner as a coach, or do you have any inkling to want to do that in the future? Yeah, I just got back from South Dakota. I um, I what's it called? I cornered Clayton Carpenter. He got a first round knee bar, heel hook knee bar, hybrid little thing. It was cool. So I, I've I've been there for all of his pro fights and cornered him. I'm not really a coach, but I am. I'm a sensei. I'm better than the coach, dude. And you know, if you're gonna have to, I charge you know exclusive prices if if you want if you want to work with me, man. So yeah. How's <laughs> how's being uh how, how how's being in somebody's you're not, corner? You're not very to... humorous. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, I am. I am. I just want to. <laughs> I I just try yeah, to keep it uh, legit. <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, I'm definitely keep, laughing cage, inside. Cage my IQ. You're trying to keep it super serious. You wanna... No, no, it's, it's it's all it's all good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, dude. I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah no, no, I definitely. I... <laughs> no, all kidding. good. All good. <laughs> That's great. But uh, uh, how do you uh, like deviate being like a in somebody's corner compared to? having somebody teaching you for your fights, do you like trying to do anything different for it? Or are you more serious or do you try to keep everything loose? Uh, it's, it's always both. It's going to be a little bit of both. Uh, it, it's different. It's different. But at the same time, everything's the same. You know, coaching, yeah. fighting, whether you're – if you're a performer or you're doing things, you do your job and you stay focused. That's all you gotta do. You have fun when you do it too. So like, you go and you fight. You have fun. You stay loose, but you're always also super hyper focused for 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes, once the cage shuts, that guy's in my cage, and that's like he's in my little matrix world. And then I get to place him where I want to place him. I get to do what I want to do. And oh, here comes what I knew he was gonna bring at me because I have seen that a thousand million times, and I'm ready for it. You know. I definitely would want to be a fly in the wall while you guys are training because just getting this small tidbit from you on here is great. Just how how you're just like out there, you can joke, but then you seem like you could be serious at the same time. I can only yeah. imagine how you guys are during training. You got to be like that, man. You got to be able to put on that. I don't want to tell my secrets, but you put on that mask that's like, so serious, you know, and the, the guys are like, you know, but <laughs> yeah. on the on the inside, you're like, damn, son, like, I can see this, I can see that, I see all the openings, and it's like a, it's hard to explain it, but it's like a hundred percent focus in your body, but also like aware of the bigger picture at the same time. It's that balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get all into voodoo stuff, but yeah, man, vibrations, dude. You're ready for it, you get it, and. 
That's all it is, yeah. What do you expect from Rafael Asuncao in your upcoming fight, and how have you prepared so far? I expect a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, he's another dude that's just in the way of me and my dreams, and I know that's my freaking – that's my day, and that's what I'm going to get. And, of course, it's a four-ounce glove. You know, anybody can clip somebody yes. and get knocked out. That's why I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be focused and prepared. And the guy has a lot of uh, – he has a pretty good IQ, but I am on a different level when it comes to IQ. Cage my IQ. Shout out to Cage my IQ. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a vet. He's, he's spent a lot of time. He's beat he TJ Dillashaw. He beat uh, a bunch of people. And he's been at the top for a long time. He's a guy that I was looking at when I was in high school. And I was like, damn, this guy's sick. I used to watch him. and But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just he's a body. He's going to try to punch me in the face. He's going to try to kick me. He's going to try to take me down. And he's fighting for his life and his career. The guy's hungry. He's on a two-fight losing streak. and But he's been at the top, and he's a top dude. So he's going to be hungry, and that's what I expect. And I'm going to take care of business when I do does your game plan change in the smaller octagon compared to the bigger sized one with the live crowds? It yes and no again. It's same thing. It's a fist fight, but it's a little bit smaller, and so the the box can be a little bit smaller. So you want to put the pressure on people in the bigger cages. You can kind of like pedal around and move a lot on the back foot, but you got to be a little bit more reinforced and, and grounded in the smaller cage. Are you, are you going to be excited that uh, – I know not in this one because it's going to be at the apex, but are you excited that they're bringing the live crowds back to where yeah. you can fight in front of everybody now? Yeah, I'm one of those guys, man, I love when, when the lights are on. I love when, when there's a lot of people and it shines. But I just have just the same amount of, of excitement when there's nobody there. I have just the same exact excitement when I'm by myself, working by myself in the gym late at night. Because no matter the crowd side, I'm still, I'm still playing the song for for the bigger picture, you know. And um, just knowing that that's my job and I get to do this for a living, it's fun as hell, man. I love it. Uh, you there's nobody like that, that doesn't like me, man. Hell you no. Do what you just, do, but they can't do it like you. Exactly. And you're the matrix for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, do you get in the in like a tunnel vision when you go out to where like your one focus is just on your opponent and everything else is kind of irrelevant until the fight's over? Man, you know those people that don't know how to – there's those people they don't actually fight, but they're like – they're like, no, man, it doesn't matter, bro. When I when – I, when I just black out, I just see red. I just see red, and I just black out. No, it's not like that. For me, <laughs> I'm very observant, but you don't want to be too observant all the time because then you'll be just watching the win, you know? So yeah. you got to be pressure forward. But if you do that as well too much, you're not going to be able to kind of see your opening. So you got to be able to play with it, and you got to be able to – no pun intended. But you got to uh, play with that and, and see that, yeah, basically, you gotta play the game, man. That's the game is kind of be be so, able to adapt to everything. That's everything, yeah. Adapting and changing to your environment. Like if you ever see 
turtles. You ever see those those turtles, man? Like if you put them in a small tank and they live in yeah. the tank, they're gonna stay small. But if you put them in a bigger tank, they're gonna grow. So you kind of have to be like that. You gotta change. There's the big cage and the small cage, and so I don't know. I'm just speaking out loud. It changes everything. So yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my other questions I have: What makes you stand out in your eyes in the bantamweight division? The question, the that question, literally just is the answer. My eyes is me. There's nobody like me. Nobody does like me, and uh, I'm, I'm proud. I got a chip on my shoulder to say that, man. I got some some dignity to say that that that's who I am, and this is what I do, and nobody's gonna fucking step right in front of my face and do that because. This is my shit. That's my belt, and I'm ready to go grab it. And uh, I've just seen it too much, and not not just visualizing and seeing it, but I'm taking the steps my whole life to do this. And one time comes, I believe in myself, and I'm gonna go do it. It's crazy to think that everybody on that season of the Ultimate Fighter, I believe only two or three of you guys are already having Luis success Pena, right Mike now. Mike Trezano and Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, those three people. So there's more yeah. And, and then I've seen uh, Diamond. Lonnie Perry, the... fight God, fight God. You know, fight God? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> I saw him in Miami, man. That guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and then I just saw, I know Tyler Di- Diamond is fighting this PFL. week. And yeah. PFL. Because I looked at you guys were the two top picks when they did the the draft for each team. Yeah. Which was cool to know. How 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 I know I'm veering off, but how did that feel to be uh, Stepe's top pick? Oh my gosh, it felt so cute. No, I don't give a <laughs> shit. I care, dude. That's like a high school thing, man. It's like yeah. I mean, of course, when you're a kid, it's like when you're a kid and there's like the dodgeball teams and they choose like who's first. If of course it sucks to be last. Of course it's cool. It's cool to be picked first, but uh, in the long run, we're adults now, and that's like yeah, that's child's play thinking like that, you know. But it's great to see that even though it, it, like you didn't win the Ultimate Fighter, <laughs> you're probably still doing the best out of them all in my eyes, uh, considering you're three now now in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pursue, keep pursuing, keep 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 seeking that that goal and keep knocking on those doors. It's gonna open, and you know, be just keep at it. Just keep on keeping on. That's that's the old saying. Yeah. It's real. Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, one of my last questions I have for you. You keep doing these cage my IQ shows. You're gonna blow up, dude. You're gonna be, you're gonna be top. <laughs> that, that's John Anik. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> hey, I I had him on here a few months ago. Oh really? Yeah, nice, yeah. Nice. Uh, what what advice would you give to young fighters who are thinking of becoming a pro? Uh, I'm saying, go fight first and see if you're a fighter. I see all these people, man. They talk about I want to be champion, I want to do this and that. And of course, it's good to like uh, analyze all these things, but go fight and see who you are because that's gonna tell you, man. There's all these people that want to like do all these big plans and make all this, and, and then they go and they fight, and then they're actually a puss, and they actually don't have what it takes. I mean, they do, we all do, but they don't know it, and they don't like pull that trigger. So I would say, advice: go test yourself. You gotta constantly be testing. If you're not testing yourself, you're not in the right place. That's great, but uh, that's that's the last question I have for you. I don't want to take too much of your time. I can see right now that it's a nice sunny day over there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna go back I to the pool. 
and watch the Floyd Mayweather fight. Exactly. Floyd, uh, did, did you catch any of the fights last night? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, there was – I forgot which fight it was. Some of those dudes are big, man. Uh, the 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 Ponzinibbio Beza fight was electric. Uh, that's all I'm gonna yeah, say. I didn't that get was... to see that fight. I didn't get to see it. You gotta watch that fight. That fight was uh, amazing. Probably fight of the year right now. Up until really? when you fight and then you win. Yeah, it depends on what happens. But yeah, I that's actually the fight that I was trying to watch, but I ended up not watching it. Which is, okay. but I'll go on MMA Core or whatever and watch it. Check it out. That's all. That, that is awesome. But I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you, you got just a little bit of time to relax. Get paid, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got to get paid. Yeah. Got to train. You got to uh, crank jokes out at the MMA lab and just yeah. have a good time. But I wish you the, the the best of luck in your fight against Rafael Sunsau. Uh I've become a big fan of yours. Yeah. And then I know you're going to win, so – uh, I, I wish you luck, you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me or having you on my show. <laughs> Sorry, <my laughs> exactly, <dude. laughs> exactly the, the the Matrix show. Yeah, you have a best <laughs> Sunday, man. I'll see you. Buddy. You too. Thank you very much for coming on. Once again, that was Kyler the Matrix Phillips. He's three and zero in the UFC. He's ranked number fourteen in the bantamweight division. He will be fighting next month against Rafael Asuncao. I want to thank him again for coming on. And once again, this is Cage My IQ, the best place for MMA content. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That we're growing day by day. Uh, and then we're putting out preview and recap videos as well as putting out these interviews that we do. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in to, to this episode with Kyler Phillips. Uh, you can follow him right here on, on his Twitter handle at KY Matrix. Give him a shout out, give him a holler, and then support him in his fight next month. And once again, I'm your host, D-Bake, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook at Sportsbox Show, Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.